Hey, hey, man, what's going on? It's the uh, Fizzle Show. <laughs> I love that you guys can't hear it. I'm, I'm on the phone, of course, as always, with Corbett and Aiden, and this is the Fizzle Show, and they never get to hear the, the music in the background. They just hear my voice. <laughs> but I have this, like, raucous, loud music, this, like, this music to me is one of I made this in case you didn't know because I just I love this vibey 80 like it's it feels like I don't know it feels like writing it feels like Tron yes you know what I, mean? I was gonna say that it's like you're watching <laughs> Tron it feels like Tron and I just love that vibe and to me if I can make making my business feel the way that writing one of those light cycles and Tron mm. feels then I'm like you know what we got a chance for me to not burn out. Yeah. We got a chance for me to like have fun doing this for a long time because hashtag if I'm biz honest, goals. <laughs> hashtag biz goals is right. Because if I'm honest, like if I look back at my life, I am a terrible employee. Again and again and again and again, I'm just such a bad employee uh, because I get bored and because like I lose interest and because uh, I'm. Chances are, I'm probably really interested in something else. Like, 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 there's a lot of interest in something over here, but I can't make money doing that, can I? I couldn't. I could never support myself doing something like that, could I? Do you know what I mean? It's this kind of like thing that I've lived in for forever, and now I find myself profoundly doing things that I actually enjoy for a living. <laughs> and I'm like looking back on my past, going like, how come nobody told me about this? How come, how come nobody because, shared this? Because ninety nine percent of people just accept the what everybody else does. Yes, and then the other the other messed up statistic is how, what are the percentage of people who try it? And you know, I don't want to call it fail because what's what's interesting is when you go out and you try something, even if it doesn't work, like you end up going like it was still worth it. You know, you know what I mean? It's like well, except yeah, you, for. Go for it. And, and you grow in certain ways. You know, I, I think yeah. um, building a business isn't like a one-time event. It's it's a, it's you have to win the war, not worry about each individual battle. Mm. And as long as you focus on, you know, personal growth and enjoying the journey, then you're going to walk away with something that's incredibly valuable, whether th- that business works out or not. Yeah, exactly. you could become an incredible employee. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I, which is something I've I've become better at. Which is, in a funny way, the perfect ex, uh, like entrance into this conversation we're having today. Because what's happening more like 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 a kind of uh, a kind of silly number of times in my life right now. What's happening is I'm meeting people, and there's like a a perfect way for what that person's doing and what I'm doing to start interacting with each other. To be to kind of like help each other out, right? Um, and so I'm finding myself in these conversations where there's these like potential partnerships going on. You know what I mean? And and we call I I think the best term is partner. It's like a partner, but a partner is like so. I partnered with Corbett when we started Fizzle, um, and and that was like a very serious like Corbett and I were entering into a marriage, right? This is a this this is what partnership like. Like and my my wife and I like we have a partnership like like the company is raising these two children right now and possibly more in the future <laughs> you know there's a serious business goal there uh, or not business goal rather I mean but there are, I do have some metrics I'm paying attention to like kindness uh, <laughs> <Poopy> diapers <laughs> like racism that. if I find racism in my summer and be like dude this is not okay <laughs> who have you been hanging out with right there's definitely some metrics that I'm that I'm paying attention for I want to get the return on my investment. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope there's. I hope that the parents out there are hearing this with like a, a wry smile instead of like <laughs> horror. Hey, you shouldn't raise your kids like that. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but the 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 point is, what we're getting into today is these these uh, these opportunities that we have for partnership. For um, they might be like really important for the next phase of the growth of what your thing is, and it might be the, really important for the next phase of the growth of what this this uh, you know potential partners thing is right now. Right, so there's this enormous opportunity for growth. However, there's also these dangers. There's also these red flags. There's also this thing that happens where you meet someone and you're really excited about them and there's all this synergy and all of this like like serendipity and like, whoa, this is like, we're supposed to do something together. We're supposed, you know, and then you get into it and, you know, like three, I always have this thing with bags, like got a lot of guys out, like out there want to buy one of these bags in particular and it's a really popular bag. And I'm like, dude, you're going to be bored of that bag. I, I almost guarantee it in three weeks. Just because it doesn't feel like a bag or it doesn't do these things that you want that bag to do. The same thing can happen with these <laughs> partnerships. I just right? love imagining Cor- people who don't know like what Chase Reeves is and this whole bag <laughs> thing that you have going on. And yeah. they're listening to this whole conversation about partnership and entrepreneurship. And then you you talk about bags and they're like, wait, what do you mean bags? What are you talking <laughs> what do you mean about? Bag? Like, I'm bringing it back like though. Like normally, bags? I <laughs> normally I don't bring it back. This one I am. I really, I really do. It is a, it is a great metaphor because if you ever bought a product and like been really excited to get it and then like within sometimes days, yeah, you're you're already like, eh, like it, it like you're looking on Amazon for something else to get. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I it think would there's be, a there's probably a, a trick to uh, enjoying that process of shopping for a product without actually buying it. You could probably get yes ninety percent. It's called of the Chase you Reeves YouTube channel. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I Just literally enjoy the give people like, the, the the experience of having these products before they have the product, so that they can realize well, is that really worth three hundred fifty bucks? You know, because 350 bucks is a lot. It's a lot of hummus, dude. That is a lot of hummus. I like hummus, you know? Well, for those of you who know me well, you may know that my wife tends to um, have a uh, frugal streak, we could call it. Uh-huh. And um, that that applies to every aspect of our lives, but especially to the cell phones that we use. We're now on four years with the same uh-huh. cell phone. <laughs> and uh, we have iPhone 6s. And the. Uh, That's so funny because I just like, uh, I did, I'm on like the new every year plan with Apple's pl- programmer. Yeah. And I like just like got a new phone. So I'm like, I don't even want to do that. I don't even want a new phone. And I just, I right, have one. You're, now. On the, <laughs> you're on the plan. But it's like exactly you know, the opposite. Ours are, ours are paid off. They work totally well. We got new batteries on that for $29 this year. And, and it works mm-hmm. great. And every year I go through the th- same thing. I like, rationalize why i need a new phone yeah i yeah. start looking at them i start deciding which one i would want i go to the store and like pick it up and hold it and so far i've been able to hold off we're probably going to get to five years with the same phone which is yeah. amazing but also it's kind of a testament to like that whole i got the enjoyment of thinking about buying the new phone but the utility of having a new phone would be pretty much exactly what i have in my hand right yeah. now Yes. It's, yes. You know, it's a lot like buying a new car. It's like a car gets you from point A to point B. Yes, maybe you enjoy that process a little bit more, but the utility is the same. Yeah. I, well, and ironically, like I just got a new car, same as you, Corbett. We both got the Subaru Ascent, and I've never, 
I've never had a car that felt nice before, like ever in my life. And this thing, yeah, the way that it gets me from point A to point B, I'm like, it was worth every freaking penny. And I upgraded to get like the sunroof and the and the, the Harman Kardon sound system. <laughs> the sound like, system. I, yeah. I am walking yeah. around. I'm in that car. And I just like, I am like paid cruising. off a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, do you like, like? Do you like getting from point A to point B in it? Oh yeah. Yeah. You just you, go. you just paid off your car though, and that's like that's a that's a that's a thing you can enjoy just as much as having a new car, right? Right. Exactly, and it's it's kind of where you're at with your phone is that I am not excited in the least bit to embark upon a new thing because the utility I got right now is like amazing, and that's <laughs> now not people change. out there think we're just talking about our like these things, but the truth is these are great metaphors for partnerships. This is a great metaphor for. For this thing that happens when somebody's going to approach you and go like, like say you're a web designer and you found this company and you like the you like the entrepreneur behind it, you're getting to know them because there's a potential client, and then at like towards the end of the of the negotiations, they actually they actually make a, t- a turn on you and they go, actually, what if we were able to partner? So that I didn't pay you for the work, but you were participating in the back end. Um, if this project's going to be successful, you get a part of it, right? What if that? Then you have to all this calculus in your head around, well, is it going to be actually worth it? Like Corbett mentioned, the utility of the phone. Is this partnership actually going to make my life better? Am I going to be able to stop working as much as I feel like I'd want to? Or am I going to be able to do work that matters just as much? Am I going to have as much free time? Whatever the whatever the rubrics are, the 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 columns in your weighted average decision matrix that you'll use to determine if it's a good idea for you or not, right? What we want to do in this conversation is break down, chunk down some of the, some of the questions you should ask yourself. Some of the, of the, uh, of, of the things you should be looking for in this because you can absolutely make a, make a good decision about this. It doesn't have to be fly by the seat of your pants. It doesn't have to be like just walking through any door that's open for you, right? Like I always, sometimes I see that there's opportunities for people and, and there's a kind of paralysis, uh, analysis paralysis that can happen when there's like actually more opportunities than they know what to do with, which is a very different story from like just wanting there to be opportunities. Both of those things are challenging things to be in and, Wherever you are, you, you end up like a partnership is going to be a complicated thing for you to uh, to think through and to process because it is it's an agreement that matters. It's a kind of contract, even if you never sign paperwork, because the way this stuff can go south, it, it, it affects it will affect your life. In fact, maybe a good good thing to do now would be there's a forum thread that where one of our fizzlers is is like going through this very same very thing right so let's start with that after our first note from our sponsor corbett tell the good people out there about gusto gusto is hr payroll and benefits for small businesses like yours and we love talking about gusto because we have been a customer of theirs for a very long time we use gusto to pay our contractors pay our employees and to make sure that all of that pesky paperwork that you have to deal with for states and local governments and everything that you need to make sure the where the i's are dotted and their t's are crossed Gusto does all of that for you so that you can get back to the business of running your business and stop worrying about making sure everybody is paid and that the payroll is happening like it should. So you can get three months of payroll for free by heading to gusto.com slash fizzle. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. Just sign up and your first three months of payroll 
will be free. Awesome. Okay, so let's let's take us to the forum thread, Aiden. Tell us where this came from, this whole idea in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a good uh, good fizzler uh, by the name of Gonzalo Jimenez um, had it was a pretty cut and dry situation, um, and I think many service provider uh, fizzlers, designers, contractors, marketers, things like that will will undergo this. But what he was experiencing was. Um, I think two clients at the same time, and that's why he was reaching out, um, at the same time offered similar kind of ideas, proposals to him. And that was, hey, we see your fees. Uh, we'd rather not pay your fees. Maybe that was an aspect of it. But ultimately was, hey, what if we paid you less up front and gave you a slice of the back end, right? Yeah. Slice of yeah. um, the royalties. Uh, maybe, you know, this is, this is a commission thing. Um, it's a profit sharing proposal from a client. Um, in exchange for reduced rates up front, um, so he um, he was curious. You know, is this is this something that uh, that you know anybody else has underwent? And the answer is yes. Um, the big uh, the big considerations are things like, well, let's parse apart what the client is thinking. Um, what circumstances? What would a scenario look like that would be a good deal in which you should say yes? Um, and what red flags are there? What circumstances should you uh, say no to? What are the kinds of questions that you should ask in a situation like this? Um, and I think Gonzalo um, has good action items in front of him now, but I'd like to to pick it apart and just see what you guys think. I think it would be it would be great if we looked at this from maybe the the contractor perspective and then the business owner perspective. And because like basically the way I see it is there's two. There, that when any agreement like this, there are two or more parties, but like for the most part, you can think of it as you and someone else or some other entity, some other company, which might be a partnership of its own or something like that, where there's multiple people at the table. Um, there's two, there's two parties here. And one of the things that I think is a huge danger is when we enter in, or can be a huge danger, it can also be a, a massive opportunity and lead to like things you could have never imagined happening. But when you are not clear with each other about what you're, you're actually expecting from one another, then you, uh, you have, you run the risk of someone being let down, someone being hurt, mm -hmm. someone feeling like screwed over there. And when in a business agreement like this, there's, there's definitely the opportunity for legal implications down the road was when any time money's exchanged, you know, if you're like participating in this, that, and the others, like, so the way that this thing can spin out of control can, can really like, you know, can, it can, it can make it feel like if you ever met someone who's gone through like a really, really terrible divorce, you know, it can make your oh, yeah. life feel like, like you're going through that. You know, and again, not like it's not going to teach you something, but hey, if we can uh, maybe keep ourselves from going through something like that, maybe I'll uh, <laughs> look before I leap, so to speak. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. You just want to know what you're tying yourself to. You know, you want to you want to have there's some good questions beforehand that that really help just like marriage. You know, it's kind of like a, maybe not a dating process necessarily, but like. What are you thinking? And getting answers like that before uh, before you just blindly say, "Sure, let's uh, let's partner up, let's let's connect each other, <laughs> uh, hell or high water, and and hope for the best without any thought to the consequences." Yeah. So you've got some questions here that I think are really killer, and so like walk us through this from the, for instance, the contractor perspective. Now, in your language here, we've got the contractor perspective and the business owner perspective. We're the business owner, right? Like I have my mm -hmm. YouTube channel that reviews bags and. Companies are approaching me to do a kind of partnership thing. Um, I am the business owner. They are the sort of contractor. 
Is that is that the right way of thinking about it? Or is it just like it's almost like it's there's the me thing and then there's the them thing. (laughs) It's us and them. Right, right, right. And I think I think we can all be in both situations depending on the circumstance. And I think, Chase, your bag um, channel is is a great instance where it could easily be two things. Right. You've got um, you've got business owners approaching you for profit splits and you might be the contractor. Um, you also might be the business owner trying to. Um, yeah, trying to help out somebody coming at you with some success based royalties. But in either situation, you're right. There's two perspectives. And um, and as a contractor, for me, my experience is almost identical to Gonzalo's. You know, I, as a graphic designer, being approached by, you know, a mom and pop cafe, you know, they need um, some sort of marketing plan. They want me to do that for less. And if it works, give me some money based on some real ROI. Yeah. So that's about that's the cut and dry example that I'd like to give. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it could be it could be put together any number of ways in any weird parallels in your industries because this is not just for <laughs> graphic designers and cafe owners. Yeah, right. I think there's a lot of ways that this. I think there's a lot of surprising ways that this kind of thing. Because here's how I see it. There's a lot of people who are who are like. Remember that Corbett that article I wrote a long time ago called the third tier. And it was all about networking mm-hmm. in what I what I called at the time the third tier, right? It wasn't like the big guys who were like the big guys up on like the way I thought about it is like there was like the Gary Vaynerchuks and the Seth Godins and the whatever up there. Um, it's hilarious that you could just kind of there is a, there's a category in which you can group those two guys together, but then there is the people just below that, like the Pam Slims and um, and Marie Marie Forleo. Uh, Pat Flynn and things like that. And that was like a second mm-hmm. tier to me, people who I had access to, but I wasn't necessarily like close friends with, but they, their their platform was just way bigger. It was just like a real serious, like they had a team, you know? And then there was us down on the third tier who were all people who were looking at that going like, I'm trying to do my thing, you know? And, but we're capable and we're, we're working at it. But there's not like that you can look, you can't look at my Twitter account and just see how many followers I have and immediately be impressed. You know what I mean? But my, but I'm making money in my bank account, you know, like I'm, I like, I like I'm, we're surviving. I'm supporting my family, you know, and I'm, and I'm working to do that. And I might have a day job still and doing my thing on the side, but things are trending the right way there. Right. So that concept of the third tier has always kind of been in my head. Uh, and, and that's where these partnership opportunities are a lot of the times too. Um, Sometimes that that kind of like crazy stuff can happen just in that world where now you're able to in YouTube, they call it a collab where you're just kind of helping each other out. Like everybody's audience gets grown a little, little by it. And that's like, those are great examples of that. But there's also very, very wildly like it's someone out there. I don't know what they're doing, service industry type stuff. And who knows the kind of a partnerships that are approaching them. So I love this concept of thinking about it. Like, okay, what, what are we thinking about and what are they thinking about? So Aiden, talk us through some of these questions on like, from their perspective, what's the stuff that they're like, that they have worries about. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you, you slid something in there that wasn't even super obvious to most people, which is that what are they worrying about? Because they're not telling you, hey, yeah. I'm making this proposal because I have worries, right? Yeah. Um, so in the, in the situations that, uh, that, that I've been in personally as, as a contractor dealing with business owners, um, when they say, um, hey, let's, let's make sure that you're getting paid on your results, that sounds great. You know, like if I'm yeah. confident in my abilities – then um, then that might be a good thing to consider. But what is that saying about them? In a situation where a client is asking me to forego upfront payment in exchange for back-end payment, 
I've become aware of two specific things that are going on. One is that there, I haven't transmitted my confidence to them to where they trust that I can do the job, that I can get the job done. Um, So they're not confident in my abilities. Um, Now, it's also possible, and as business owners, we can all say this, we're not always super confident of our own abilities. So if the business owner is making a proposal like that to you, the contractor, it's possible that they're not super confident in their project, and they're Mm. trying to mitigate their risks because – They've sunk time and energy in so far, and um, maybe they don't see it blasting off right away. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they don't see that that uh, that first check coming in um, soon at all, or maybe they've just got a bunch of expenses already, and they've they're already stretched. You know, so they're yeah. these are the kinds of um, motivations that these people are going through, and and it does you justice to think about these. They're not bad, um, but well, they're no they're no different than your own. Right. They're no different than your own. Like, think about this. Think about your own. Like, switch, switch gears now. Go into your own perspective. Right. You've got worries. Have you written those down? (laughs) Like, are you being completely clear with yourself around like (laughs) what this is? What like, cause, cause the truth is when you walk into a partnership like this, knowing full well what your worries are, uh, and being able to actually communicate those. And hearing from them worries from their side that like surprise you and make you feel the sort of the presence of their honesty in some ways. Then there's a, that, that to me is what I dream about in a partnership is like, Hey man, this is like a lot of the business partnerships that I, that I am like, I'm in conversations with right now. There's some of them that are just straight business. It's good for business. It's good for them. It's good for me. And so I keep that at a level where it's mm-hmm. like, yes, this is, this is like, you know, and, and I'm, and when my job is there is to really, really be upfront on like, this is what I'm willing to do for this. This is all I'm willing to do for this. And this is really valuable to totally. you. Totally. Do you know what I mean? To be able to make that, to, to be able to do that feels like a, <laughs> a level of life that I'd never really been able to achieve before. <laughs> it feels like it's a very unlocked. mature. Yeah. <laughs> some, some in, like, you know, like, like in, in Mario, that, that, <laughs> remember the Mario where he had like the fox hat with the tail and stuff? And he had the flute that he could travel between worlds. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but you get the flute and you can, you got that, you unlock this whole, this whole I new think that level. was when Mario jumped the shark. <laughs> it totally made a shift it made a shift dude because before that it was like you were literally jumping up the flagpole and bringing down the flag and like oh no bowser's got the princess and now all of a sudden he's like going between dimensions <laughs> and there's new critters and stuff like that uh Corbett, what are you hearing so, over there when well the thing is like it would be great if in these situations we had perfect information right and we knew yeah. what was going on on both sides but the yeah. reality is very few of these partnerships especially if it's somebody that you don't know that well are going to be based on complete honesty and transparency mm. right every everyone is um trying to operate in good faith but at the same time also trying to protect their own interests yeah. and when a uh when a client potential client comes to you and and makes this sort of proposal that they're going to pay you based on your results then usually it means that something's going on in their head like Aiden said yeah. there's yeah. there's something that they're worried about they don't believe in the project itself they don't believe in your abilities but the tricky part here is you have to kind of figure out what's going on because mm. those two things could be very those two things could lead to very different results if the contractor is, or the the client is worried about your abilities, then that's something you can 
uh, take upon yourself and, and probably prove to them and, and make this work. If on the other hand, they're worried about the project itself and its ability to have a return on investment, then there's probably a whole lot of things that you aren't able to influence. And so you're actually taking on more risk than just your part of the project. You know, if, if you can be sure that this sort of arrangement really does come down to whether or not you're performing, then sure, you know, you look inside yourself and say, am I really capable of doing this? And do I feel like I'm going to be able to pull this off? On the other hand, if uh, the risk is shouldered by a bunch of different parties, then, you know, you have to ask yourself, why, why do I need to take on this risk for this business, right? Mm -hmm. Or for this business and the three other contractors that are involved. Yeah, that Corbett, that is like so deftly put because um, I think most of the partnerships that I, I just think this is how humans work. This is how human nature works. Most of the partnerships you'll be you'll be approached by, they're not necessarily going to like you're you're probably going to be the smarter like person in this thing. Cause like, for instance, if you're selling web design to someone and they approach you for this thing, well, first of all, they have a need and a worry before they even asked you to partner with, right? That's why they approached you Mm. for just doing the web work for them, right? You are mitigating a risk for them there and it's worth this much money to them. And over time they may, they might see like, um, like Corbett talk, maybe talk about what it was like when I designed think traffic, right? I designed that site and then mm-hmm. you, uh, after we worked together on that, then you were like, this guy might be like someone we could partner with. Describe a little bit of, of that. Cause you had a vision for fizzle before this was before you had a vision for it. And it was like, cause I think a lot of people might, might get the perspective of someone approaching a partnership with them when they hear your story about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um my, my approach usually when getting involved with someone uh, aside from my spouse who i've been with since i was 17 and she was 16 we jumped right <laughs> she, into that one and didn't look you back. were you were powerless you were powerless powerless against <laughs> her charms powerless. yes <laughs> but since but since then jumping in with founders and part co-founders and and partners and so on and partly this is out of um painful learning experiences that i've had i try to tread lightly in the beginning and i think that a lot of what can turn into a full-fledged partnership or co-founder situation sometimes starts out in one of these kinds of things like we're talking about now where, Hey, you know, I've got this project going on. It's kind of just starting out. Um, I think that it has a lot of promise, but you know, maybe there's not a lot of revenue coming in right now. So would you be willing to, and you're talking to a contractor of, of some sorts, would you be willing to partner up on this thing and do it in a way where you share in the profits? And, um, that's kind of, I think, if I recall, Chase, that's sort of how we approach things in the beginning. I know there were a couple of different phases. You initially worked on uh, blog design for me, Think Traffic, and I think um, maybe I just paid for that, but you were probably radically undervalued at that point, so that was no problem. But then when it came time to start working on Fizzle, it was like, look, I think this is going to go somewhere, and can we just share profits for a while? Part of that was not wanting to jump in right away into a uh, marriage of sorts, right? Because once you're co-founders and you're talking about equity and all that kind of stuff, things can get messy and you want to make sure that you, you know, you know who you're dealing with. And so in the interim, this kind of arrangement that we're talking about um, can make sense. And so that's where you have to ask, maybe that's a third bucket. We talked so far about, you know, someone, the client not 
being confident in your abilities. Maybe they're not confident in the project, but maybe also they're just kicking the tires and like trying to vet you to see if you're willing to put some skin in the game because you believe in this thing as well. So that potentially this can be expanded on and you become partners of some greater depth eventually. That's a great, that's a great, great point. And that, that dovetails. Oh my God. Again, Um, dovetail, (laughs) dovetail, (laughs) sand it down, baby, sand it down. That's the thing. Sand it down. Listen now, sanded down, it's a piece of wood that connects pieces of wood. That is a dovetail. <laughs> That's your handcrafted cedar lathe 101 today. Uh, but yes, it connects uh, By the way, perfectly people, to people one who of- cannot see Aiden's beard when he says this, like it really completes the picture. <laughs> It really is just like, Almost you realize like he's Ron in a basement bas- kind of thing going over there. <laughs> you realize he's in a basement in Portland, Oregon, and you're like, oh my God, this is, of course this guy knows about dovetail joints. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and saying lathe, I'm just, <laughs> it's just so satisfying. <laughs> just that word. Um, <laughs> Any hoodles. Uh, so the idea that third bucket, Corbett, I think is really, really important. And I think for us contractors, um, I think there's a couple questions that, that kind of figure out Maybe not certainly, but figure out exactly what you, the business owner, is thinking, what that worry is, you know? Um, and, and the advice or the insight or the experience that I gave to Gonzalo was, um, was kind of three-part. You know, it was, um, can, can we see their revenue goals? Can the contractor see the revenue targets of, um, of the person who's approaching, the business owner that's approaching? And if so, that, that helps, to, that helps to, to make sure that it's not a... Um, it's not a project failure issue, um, mm-hmm. so that's good. And if you can see it even even clearer than them, then that's actually a good indicator that maybe you should maybe you should do this, right? Um, the second thing is is if they are you know is equity on the table, and if equity is on the table, then you can kind of dismiss them de- not valuing you right away because if it's kind of like, hey, this is my new baby, um, I don't have the resources to just dump money on this fire right now. I recognize your skill. I recognize that that you are. I would be undervaluing you if I paid you X. So I would love to to start talking about this. I might not have the ability to continue and finalize this discussion, but if you, the contractor, are having a conversation about equity, that's not just nope, can't can't discuss that. Then that actually shows that they do have confidence in you, and it might be a third bucket situation. It might just simply be. Um, I want a skilled contractor. I don't want to settle there, um, but I might not be able to afford that as a business owner right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or I just want to test it out. You know, I am willing to put up equity to a skilled contractor. I just need a little bit of interim period to vet that you are indeed the skilled contractor. Kick your tires, and um, and if you are, then then we can talk about equity. I love you know, it. A, a, an interesting thought experiment here uh, came to mind, and that is. If if a potential sponsor approached your podcast mm. and instead of wanting to pay up front, whatever your rate is, they suggested an affiliate relationship where, you know, you end up um, just get earning commissions if anybody actually goes and types the URL in and buys something. And that happens from time to time. And you can you can imagine in, in that case, the sponsor is feeling like, well, I don't know how valuable this is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be worth a thousand dollars to get a read on that show. So instead let's, let's transfer all of the risk over to the actual podcast host 
And if it works out, great, we'll be happy to pay. If it doesn't work out, then we're not out any money. Mm. And, and if you're the, if you're the podcast host in that case, you would have to look at that and say, well, do I feel like I'm going to earn more or less than our fee on this? Right. If, if I'm pretty confident that I can earn more than our typical fee by doing this in an affiliate sort of relationship, then it would make sense to do that. If not, then, um, then you'd want to get paid up front. But there's this other thing that happens. And, and I think this is true, not only of this sort of, you know, isolated thought experiment, but also of working as a contractor as well. And that is, there are other things that you contribute to a project than just the profits that come out of it. Right. And as a, a podcaster, there are other things that you're contributing to a sponsor than just the clicks that they get. Right. Yeah. If I read uh, an ad, then the sponsor is getting not just the direct response, whatever somebody actually goes and, and does as a result of listening to that, but also the mind share, right? The brand advertising. There's some value there to people hearing us talking about such and such, because then later when they see such and such, that seed is planted and it might make them more likely to become a customer. Yeah. So likewise, if you're a contractor, designer, freelancer, whatever, and you're doing work for someone and they want to just pay you in profits, the question is, well, what else am I bringing to this organization that is not being valued as a result of me just working on commission? Am I going to be like leaving some magic behind in this company in terms of my processes, uh, in terms of like the, the resources that I bring that later will become valuable to that business. Are there things that won't be reflected in the immediate short-term profits or whatever? And, um, I think there's a, there's a good chance of that. If you're somebody who's worth their salt, especially if you're working for a very small business, there are probably other things that you will be bringing to the table. Yeah. Love it. This is really, this is a, this brings up a lot of interesting things. Cause Corbett, what you just did was, well, here, I'll tell you what you did in a second. Let's have a, uh, let's have another sponsor read our second sponsor on the fizzle show today. Tell us about it, Corbett. Yeah. I want to tell you guys about rover.com. Oh, this Rover. is good. Is this the- is good. <laughs> <laughs> this this is good. I love I love when we when we talk about a sponsor and Chase just has to like just has to you know I mean this is interesting. I love this business uh, and and I you get, I get this it. you guys. I mean it's sometimes. it's Uber it's Uber for dog walking. It's it's like it's it's amazing. Yeah yeah. Rover dot com is the largest network of five star pet sitters and dog walkers in North America. And serving pet parents across the U.S., Canada, and now even Europe, Rover connects dog owners with trusted pet care whenever they need it. And so here's the cool thing, right? Rover lets pet sitters create their own schedule, set their own rates, and choose which services they'd like to offer. So you can literally earn money by watching pets around your own schedule. And this could be just the kind of side income you need while getting your business off the ground. Pet sitters on Rover can earn $1,000 or more per month. Dude, so is that if serious though? I mean, like, I've, out- never, I've never fully jumped into like doing a gig economy type thing. Do you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm like, cons- I'm in Lyfts yeah. and Ubers often I, and I always get into them. How long you been driving? What's today like? When did you start? When are you going home? How's it been? How long you been doing this? Like, what, what's the deal? Right. I want to hear like, what's the viability of this as a way to make ends meet? And that's kind of always pretty like I'm always like stoked to be with that person talking with them because they're a real person. And they're like, no, I drive a lot, but like we're doing pretty good. My daughter's two. 
<laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean? It's like right. so cool. So the idea right. that like you could actually, because it's a very different thing than working for someone in an office. It's just a completely exactly. different thing. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if you are uh, trying to become a freelancer, an entrepreneur, a business owner, and you just need something to bridge that gap to help put some food on the table while you're working on your business, this could be exactly what you need. Um, because you can earn money by sitting pets, um, by walking dogs. And I don't know about you guys, but I have no trouble working while my dog's hanging around. She doesn't <laughs> need my full attention. Right. I can actually get work done while I'm doing this. So it's kind of like extra money on the side. And, uh, maybe you're the kind of person that just loves dogs anyway. So if you're interested, check out rover.com slash fizzle to get started you'll be snuggling dogs in no time you can become a sitter by visiting rover.com slash fizzle from there you can create your profile and get started watching dogs and earning money on the side so again that's rover.com slash fizzle man that's amazing that's super fun that is fun okay so one of the things that you did to me corbett when you were talking before first of all it just felt like this is really important that uh like you basically installed the app on on our systems of like do not undervalue your work do not undervalue your contribution Mm -hmm. do not undervalue the consequences of taking on more risk than uh than they are in this thing, right? Because it immediately, as yeah. you're talking about it, it made me realize that it's just like any other dominance hierarchy. When the sponsor is approaching you and they're like, I, what if we did just affiliate thing? Basically, the question is, in your mind, are they bigger than you or are you bigger than mm-hmm. them? Or are you equals? Who's got the right? value? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's got holding the value? all the cards? Exactly. And it's so it's just like monkeys all the way down, you guys. This is just like classic pack animal type of thing. <laughs> and it's exactly how we, you know, move up and down the, the sort of dominance hierarchy or whatever. But that's a kind of uh, that's a that's a biological evolutionary perspective on it. The the sort of transcendent perspective, just one step further than that is actually this thing that can happen when two alphas or two dominant people or, or uh, cr- like beings instead of fighting one another right they decide to partner together they decide to to be co-equals in a way that 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 is not a zero-sum game meaning it's not win lose it's win win and that's like to me if you can get that going in your business just like if you can get that going in your relationship with your spouse or your kids or your dog right this is why we love dogs so much i think because it's like dogs are so clearly like you're the boss you're the boss i just want to know am i a good boy Am I a good boy? Who is a good boy? Who who is a good boy? Those memes of like the existential dog looking looking out the window, going like, "Who is the good boy, though? Really? <laughs> who is the good boy?" Yeah. Have you guys watched that show Big Mouth on Netflix? No, no not yet. Oh I've my seen God. An, I've seen so, an episode. It's amazing. They have there's this one kid that has a has a pit bull. That's suffering existential angst. Um, whenever, whenever, he, whenever this tough pit bull sees himself in the in the mirror, um, you you have to watch. I won't do it justice, but it's the okay. same thing. It's like, uh, am I a good boy? Am I a good boy? <laughs> um, but it. I think this this uh, this this transitions perfectly. So Chase, um, the very next thing that I really want to get your guys' input on is is precisely what circumstances. Should you say yes to these things, kind of generally speaking? I think you um, you detailed a pretty good one, and I'll use the um, the comparison of you know uh, legal contracts one hundred and one um, with people. A, a nice little trick is you highlight in one color uh, the terminology that that 
benefits you, um, protects you. And, and in another color, highlight the, the terminology that benefits whoever's uh, mm. providing the contract, you know. And if it seems to be pretty equal, um, that's a good – it's obviously not uh, – you can't just use that as, and give it all the weight in the world, but it's a good indicator that, like, okay, this is even, right? Um, and I think that's a great that's a great consideration. You know, if the value is coming heavy from one party, um, the disparity probably needs to be made up in some sort of fee. Um, yeah. But if it seems like the skills and the quality and the value are pretty even, um, then both parties might be able to to mosey forth, shouldering equal risk. You know, in yeah. that kind of rev share. Um, opportunity. So that's a great yeah. example of, of some circumstance that, that you should say yes to. Are there any other? Um, what does that make you kind of consider Corbett as the person that's offering these? Yeah, well, I mean, there are, I think there are situations where um, it makes sense to offer this sort of thing. I talked before about, you know, if if you're thinking about deepening your relationship with someone, but um, sometimes somebody proposes something and you you want to believe that it could lead to the value that they are proposing, but you're not sure. And um, it's tricky, right? In that case, the the last thing you want as a business owner is to be out tens of thousands of dollars on some contractor mm. and not get some results for it. So um, when you are the business owner, um, I think it, it does make sense to propose this sort of thing sometimes. Usually, the form that I take, if I feel like there's some um, unknowable, some level of mm, we're not sure if this is going to work out, and it's and it's not um, it's 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 not my as the business owner, it's not my issue. It's whether or not you're going to perform as a contractor, and whether or not the things that you're saying in this proposal are are true, and if they you've seen them happen before, and so on. Um, in those cases, then I would be likely to kind of propose a hybrid approach where there's some sort of payment up front and then there's a, a, a stack on top of that, which is a revenue share or a profit share or something like that, um, that makes sense just so that we're kind of, um, aligned in, mm -hmm. in the success of this project. You're still getting compensated for a decent amount of the work you're doing regardless, uh, but then our incentives are aligned so that um, I want, you know, the business to earn these profits because we're sharing them. And you obviously want to succeed because you want to get that extra payment. Yeah, I'm hearing you say um, a few things. I'm seeing like kind of a formulation sort of happening. We've talked about what we talked about before was almost like if, if I see like uh, uh, three exercises people can do at least on on this. The first one is catalog, catalog the party worries. All right. What are the worries that they have and what are the worries that you have? Then catalog uh, or categorize the benefits. What are the benefits that they have? What are the benefits that you have? Because the thing is, what's built into this is nobody knows what's going to happen. No matter how confident <laughs> exactly. this, other, yep. this other person is or this other company, like they don't know what's going to happen. Right. And they need, and they're asking you for help precisely for that reason. So you guys are partnering into the unknown, right? So how you feel about going on this sojourn is like, like is it's important. And Corbett, what you're just saying is yeah. the third thing, which is like categorizing your different financial options. Because no matter what, if you work with this, if whenever I work with someone, I am partnering with them, no matter what, whether or not that partnership is financial as well, like. 
which is to say like there's some sort of a uh uh like I don't know. Let's just call it if, if it's a financial partnership as well, because because there's multiple options of getting paid. One, I can take all my money up front and go like, listen, I have all this marketing advice I can give you and strategizing and I can't guarantee it's going to lead to success. But you need my point of view on this uh, because you're drowning. Right. And that's money up front. Then there's, you know, take some money up front and then do a less of a like a but a little bit of a financial partnership on the back end. This is like, you know, in the record biz, they call them points. Like, how many points did you get? Do <laughs> you know? Because it's all about residual sales. Mm-hmm. It's all about residual sales in that market, or it was <laughs> up till recently. Um, right. So, <laughs> so the, the, so there's, there's multiple options besides just fully partnering on like, all right, I get 3% of gross profits for the first three years or something like that, right? There's, there's, there's other options than just a, a, just that kind of, what do you call that, Corbett? I almost want to call it like an amortized, Part, like, like I want so I just want to categorize it. What do you categorize that as? Just the, you mean the payment that's being made between people for performance? Yeah, when it when it is when it is because there's like I'm receiving payment up front. There's I'm receiving some payment up front mm. and some back end share. You know, per, participation. Yeah, and then there's like just back end participation. Yeah, uh, I don't know the the back end participation is is like pay for performance. Uh, and so I don't know, it's just kind of a hybrid model. I'm not sure that there's a specific name for it, right? It's just financing. That's the thing. It's like, you can lease your car, you can buy it outright. You can go buy a used one instead. It's like, this is how you can approach coming into this partner. So you have options, you have tons of options. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like the sky's the limit. You can, you can come up with basically any agreement between you in terms of how this compensation is going to work, as long as you can write it out in plain enough language that it makes sense in a contract. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that. And, and so this, the only this, thing I'll yeah, go, go ahead and go. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the only thing I'll add to, to that, I think is really important is that um, there is, so this has just kind of been my experience. There, there are a thousand, there's a million different ways you can do this, right? There are a million variable percentages of back end that offset the front end high ticket. You know, it gets a little bit smaller and this side gets a little bit bigger, you know? Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, and then the only thing that I'll kind of like add to that is be conscious of the precedent that you're setting uh, because obviously the most predictable way to grow is if you're only doing things one or two different ways, if you're making one or two different kinds of proposals. So um, it's always very exciting to craft custom opportunities, Um, but it's hard to predict, you know, if one opportunity goes well, you might not be able to recreate it. Um, Or if you do 10 different kinds of things, you might not know exactly what next step to do because you've done so many different things. None of them are duplicatable. And then I think is one of the, the advantages of, being pretty drawn that firm line and in the circumstances that you would say no to is if it's too complicated and it's just a lot easier to say, you know what, we know what we're worth. We know the value that we're going to provide you. We're sorry we couldn't persuade you to see and trust us that the value does exist here. Um, our rate is our rate, you know. Um, sometimes that is the best way to go. So consider there are a lot of clients that as soon as you start this conversation, you're going to have a lot of conversations before any money is exchanged. And yeah. that might be time that you could be doing real work and making real money yeah. elsewhere. So that's the only so this, other caveat that I'd add. This is important. And I want to dive, I want to dive in on another point on that. But first, our message from our last sponsor, because there's a, this is like, there's something really, really important that your finger's like right on the, the like nerve ending of. And I want to d- dive in a little deeper there. So, uh, Corbett, who is the last sponsor today for the Fizzle Show? 
Yeah, today's episode of The Fizzle Show is brought to you by Bench, the largest bookkeeping service for small business owners just like you. With Bench, a team of real humans do your books for you and deliver tax-ready financial statements so you can know exactly what the financial health of your business is every month. Bench is offering a free month of bookkeeping for Fizzle Show listeners. Okay, a free month of bookkeeping for Fizzle Show listeners. So sign up and Bench will do a full month of your books at no charge. Then if you decide Bench is right for you, get 20% off your first six months just for being a friend of Fizzle. Bench does your booking for you so you can focus on running your business. Sign up for free at bench.co slash partner slash Fizzle. That's bench.co slash partner slash fizzle and get your full month of books done at no charge. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I like I think I said this last time too. Is when I first saw the bench like marketing and the this the company that they were building, I was like, well, that's a done deal. That's like, why would I go anywhere else? Like, why would I ever try? Like, what am I going to go like like am I going to open the yellow pages? What am I going to search on Google mm-hmm. and finally like, am I just going to go with like whatever Terry I find first on Google? You know, and, and I was like. You trust this cool, slick company, it's done. I got to imagine that bookkeeping totally. and taxes <laughs> is totally, totally, you know, automatable in some way. You know what I mean? Not like, uh, not all the way down, but if you, if you have a smart interaction with the, the robots and the human, like you can, you can get a very efficient way of doing bookkeeping that it doesn't have to be the slog every year trying to, maximize everything and you could just literally go i I, it's handled it's just handled i don't know that to me is good so that's fizzled or yeah Yeah. bench.co slash partners slash fizzle i think it's i think it's got to take it exactly yeah and and and, you know it's never it it's never too early or too late to get your books done i i know there are people out there who are thinking like uh you know they just feel like this apprehension uh, or worry thinking about their finances, their business finances. And it's crazy, but some people run a business without really having the full picture because they don't get their books done. They just like file their taxes at the end of the year and and don't know how things are doing from month to month. So um, give it a try, get a free month done and see what you can learn from that and just feel better so you can sleep at night. Yeah. I love that sleep. Speaking of sleep, this episode is brought to you by a mattress company. Just kidding. No, it's not. The, um, the <laughs> thing that I, that I wanted to get into is, uh, Aiden, when you were, were talking before, uh, you were saying, it's, just be conscious of the precedent that you're setting. Just be conscious of like the fact that you're, you're really hoping this works out in some way. And this brings up to me what is like the, basically the thing that's been missing from this conversation, um, which is there is a, I almost want to call it like a, a trust in self quotient, <laughs> a sort of right. a true self-reliance quotient that you have. You already have this. You're, you're literally, you're giving yourself a, uh, you're constantly giving yourself a mark on that, a grade on that, right? Like you, you actually think you're doing a, like a pretty good job or not that good of a job. And that's your level of trust that you have in, <laughs> in your ability to whatever, to, to make your living doing this thing, to, um, to feel confident or secure, you know, the, the word secure and security, feeling that sense of security. This is why our psychotherapists are always working so hard to get us to feel some security <laughs> from the relationships <laughs> in our life instead of just the financial situation, right? It's 
it's like, hey man, if you can just go like, you know what? I no matter what happens, I <laughs> I'm I'm it's gonna be all right because I love my dad, <laughs> right? That can just right. <laughs> that can that can just you can weather a lot of storms if you got that thing going on there. But there's it cannot be faked. This sense of you're also a hunter. You're also a a craftsman or craftswoman. You have a trade. You have a vocation. You mm. have a way of of being in the jungle. This net you have like imagine yourself transported to a faraway region where you're still wearing uh like everybody in your tribe a loincloth, right? And you are just in the jungle and there's like panthers and stuff and there's snakes and things. There's spiders and so there's all sorts of dangerous type of stuff. But it's not like it's like yeah actually as long as you're smart you don't end up really getting in much trouble with those things right the other problem <laughs> that's really the problem is like oh my god i get hungry every single day i i it's like you actually get hungry every single day and like you look at your kid's face you're like oh my god my son's just starving right now i gotta get some get, get some food for this guy right oh so my you god gotta, i have a great metaphor here <laughs> what is it you're, you're gonna put a metaphor on the metaphor Sorry. So bad for our listeners oh my. <laughs> metaphor mind blown so so hunter gatherer loincloth hunting i get hungry every day right i was going to yeah. interject and say one of the reasons to to be very considerate about fluctuating too much from your base rates and your consistent delivery of those rates is that it is like going out hunting with a different weapon every day right some days you're going out with a stick some days you're going out with a with the sharpest spear in the world yeah. um but you won't know that the sharp that the spear is the best tool for for felling the mammoth that feeds the whole tribe yeah unless you have good experience using that spear over and over so mm-hmm. what it's like being too custom with these things and being too open to hey this person wants to give me 20 percent equity of their whole company this person wants to give me a royalty of two dollars on every sale of their product for my facebook ad campaign that i'm running this company wants wants to just give me 50 percent, and i'm going to build their company with them you know um i don't know which of these things is going to to do the trick and depending on my mood, I may value myself less or more in these situations, getting better or worse deals. And if I don't have some baseline of the tool that I know works, um, the spear that I have, we should always be testing the clubs and the bows and the arrows and all that. But I also need to know that this thing will feed me. This thing will kill something um, and I can feed myself and and learn to fight another day so I can try another customization then. But to just be careful that you're that you've got your foundation, and when you have that foundation, you can be a little, you can afford to be a little bit more um, devil may care with your crazy customizations. But you do need to to look out for number one and get yourself. Yeah, fed. well, th- this mm-hmm. is yeah, this is kind of the thing that like that if you if you really get into that mode of and you really nailed it, you really said it very perfectly, Aiden. Depending on my mood, I may value myself less or more. Right. Like that is, that is the thing that, that, uh, that, uh, is it, <laughs> sorry, my wife's like going through my pockets, baby, do you need something? I don't have the key to the car. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> She's literally going through my pockets. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> you guys can listen. You should rewind back a little. I'm not going to edit that out. You should rewind back and listen to me just stammering, trying to keep my, my like the, my point I'm trying to make uh, while uh. my wife's hands are in my pockets. But the point that I'm driving at is this self-reliance quotient, this amount of trust you have in yourself. Like Aiden just said, it's kind of 
Uh, you know, there's that old thing that Jesus said, like, it, that, like if you build your house on shifting sand, it's not going to last for very long. I'm just quoting here. I don't know the yeah, exact fluid. quote. Yeah, right. But the the thing <laughs> about it is, if you build your house on whether or not you're giving, like, this, how you give yourself uh, trust in that moment or not, right? Then you're kind of you're really white knuckling it. My whole my only like last point is, hey, outsource. The, the outsource, the thinking about tr- if you, sh- if you, how trustworthy you are, right? And you outsource that to a spreadsheet. It's a robot that does math automatically. And it's like you can customize it to do all sorts of things. And in one column, you can put your revenue, right? And then, and then like that's revenue over, over months. And you could just see like how much money are we making over a month? Because that's really the, the thing that we barter and trade for here in the jungle. Like It's like our version of what shells used to be or something. Someone has a sheep, you give them 50 shells, and now you're e- equal. Um, sorry, <laughs> it always gets to, the, to this place with me. But when you trust yourself, you know how to operate and enter into a partnership. When you do not have a good sense or a deep sense, or, or when you don't know if you should trust your trust in yourself, Right? Do you see that? Do you see the level, the meta com- There's the conversation, which is the conversation <laughs> you're having with this partner. And then there's the meta conversation, which is the thing you're having with yourself. The conversation you're having with yourself about this partnership. Now, that is the yeah. place where the worries come from. That is the place where, you know, your commitment comes from and whatever, however you're going to show up in this partnership, it's going to come from there. Right? And part of that dialogue is just like Aiden's talking about knowing how your tools work, trusting your own, not only your skills, but your, the results of your skills that you can go out and you can find the food. <laughs> I will go. I will bring back food. That's what you say to the, to the, to the person you're sharing your life with. I will go and I will bring back food. <laughs> like this is, you, you don't get to not come back with food after you've said that to my wife. Okay. <laughs> like that's, that's how that works. I need the car keys, but I will go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. That was like, uh, like all of that is just one long winded, you know, if I had fun with it, but it's really, how important it is to know if it, to know how you're doing, to know where where you are financially, emotionally, um, just like energy wise, before you enter into these things. Because there's a lot of there's a tremendous amount of energy that can come from entering into partnership. They are also by necessity and energy suck. They are they will require energy from you. And so if you are not clear on the agreements that you're that like on what you're putting. Which part of your butt you're putting on the line for this, you know, because your butt's already on the line for a lot of other stuff. That's my final point. I don't know if it landed or not, but if it did, send me a tweet because <laughs> I, I never get feedback anymore. If people are listening to the show and and how much they're liking it, because I'm just not getting I'm not getting the messages that I used to back in the day, Corbett. And I'm just God, I just hope it's fine. Uh-huh. But the truth is, even if even if nobody's getting something out of it, I'm getting so much out of talking about things like this because it's what's <laughs> in my what head all the time. It sounds like you just need to trust your value, bro. <laughs> well oh, said. I see what you did there. Well said. <laughs> well said. Okay, guys, yeah, any other say, closing? Just, yeah, go for it. Just yeah, just to wrap things up, if if you are the um, freelancer consultant contractor in this case, and someone proposes kind of an off the wall, hey, I, I'd like to pay you out of profits scenario, then likely you have some middle ground that you can eventually agree on. 
because anytime somebody throws out some kind of crazy request like that, they're probably like, well, let's start here and see where the negotiations take Absolutely. us. So yeah. you can um, always come back with a counter proposal, something that maybe is a hybrid, something that protects yourself. If you're curious about whether or not one of these pay for performance kind of scenarios could work for you, it doesn't do that much harm to give it a try, especially if you're able to at least get paid for you know some amount of your work and then layer on top of that. So consider that as a way to get started. See how it goes. Uh, do it on a very small project or limit mm. the uh, the duration or the scope. And then uh, you might learn something and, and maybe this will be viable for you going forward. Love it. Aiden, last words? Final thoughts is uh, don't be scared to draw the line in the sand. Don't be scared to say, listen, these are the ways that we engage with our clients um, a good way to discover those ways is to entertain some of these uh, things that we've just talked about and, and see how painful they are or how beautiful they are. Um, so once you do that, though, all the while be judging them, all the while be considering, is this something I'd do again? And if it's not, don't do it again. Make a note. Do a little postmortem and uh, and don't engage and, and draw that line. And if I can tell you one thing that clients respect more than anything else is being said no to, you know, listen, we know what we're worth. Um, this is the way we like to engage. And, and if you don't want to do that, it's totally fine. We understand that and respect that you can make your own decisions too. And um, hopefully you'll, you'll find somebody that, that can work with you. But these are our terms because this is what we know to be, uh, to be what we offer. Love it. That's awesome, man. Okay, that is episode 298 of The Fizzle Show. I hope you liked this. For all of you getting into partnerships or maybe there's one uh, that's like an opportunity for you right now and maybe this is helping you think through it. Maybe you're in the future and you did some research on how I should think about this stuff and you found this. I sincerely hope that this conversation in all of its sort of just honesty and, and realness it can can contribute to you feeling more uh, more confident in whatever decision that you make because... Uh, the whole world's full of companies that want you to talk about their product, uh, just to use the sponsorship example again. And they would love for you to do all the work and they'll pay you just like, you know, the, the I guess it's just like Uber in that way. You know what I mean? Go do all the work and we'll, we'll get you paid. We'll find a way to get you paid. But there's another way where, where, uh, you're partnering with your, with your, I don't know. To me, there's a dream here around it being a kind of familial thing. It's the difference between a company and a collective. I just think there's just like a there's a model there for a network of of strong independent business owners who like who are committed to one another and who right, find who find ways with one another. I don't know. It seems beautiful. It's kind of like wayfinding. All right, y'all. Fizzleshow.co slash 298 is where you can find all the show notes and links for this episode. That's fizzleshow.co slash 298. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.